Hello, it's Amanda from Literary Arts, your co-host. Many of the events you hear on the Archive Project are recorded at our annual series, Portland Arts and Lectures. The 2023-24 season has just been announced and will feature Zadie Smith, Mary Beard, David Gran, Charles Yu, and Amy Nezakumatatil. To learn more about the season and how to join us at the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall for five inspiring evenings in downtown Portland, visit literary-arts.org. Welcome to the Archive Project. I'm Andrew Proctor, Executive Director of Literary Arts. The Archive Project is a retrospective of some of the most engaging talks from the world's best writers from more than 35 years of literary arts in Portland. In this episode, we feature some of the incredible slam poets who performed as part of Verslandia, a citywide youth poetry slam presented by Literary Arts in 2022. Each year, youth spend months writing and competing in slams on high school campuses across the city. And each April, about 20 student finalists compete for the title of Citywide Portland Slam Champ. I'm going to say again what I've said in years past about this annual special episode of the Archive Project. What is important about staying tuned is that these young poets are thrilling to hear. They will give you the chills, make you laugh, and perhaps bring tears to your eyes. And what's more, 2022 was the first time we've been able to present the competition live since 2019, so it was an especially emotional evening. And at this moment, when it feels our society is cleaved with deep divisions, race, geography, economics, and age, it is so important to take the time to really listen to young voices who are, after all, our future. These young writers come from all walks of life in Portland and have incredible stories to tell. And I'm so excited to announce that the 2023 Verslandia competition returns to the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall on Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit our website, literary-arts.org. But for now, let's listen back to the slam from 2022 and enjoy these incredible poems. In addition to hearing some of these stunning performances, we'll also hear some of the poets talk about their work and our MC and Oregon's Poet Laureate, Anis Majgani, will perform as well. And just a quick reminder that some of the poems you will hear in this episode contain explicit language and mature content, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Here's our MC, Anis Majgani. I can't believe we are all together in this beautiful room after so many years away. Thank you all so much for coming out tonight. It is really important that y'all are here. It is really special that we are here. This is a really remarkable evening that allows for the youth in our city to stand before their community and share what is inside of them, to share what is in their hearts, to share their joys, their fears, what they are angry about, what they are passionate about, and their connection to others. So to, for them to come into this space and to have it be filled with all you remarkable souls as well is such a gift to them and a gift to yourselves. So a round of applause for, for everyone who's in here at the moment. And that, 
that's the deal pre-pandemic, you know? Inside this thing that we call life right now, all that I said just now is amplified a hundredfold. We are living in strange, trying, challenging, and beautiful times right now as we struggle to grow into whatever comes. And so being here is, is, is really important, as I said. It is really special. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, tonight, you might hear things that might make you uncomfortable, just to let you know. And that is all right. You might hear things that will make you very uncomfortable. And in fact, that is awesome. You're not doing life right if you're not having discomfort at some point. So that's just to let you know that what you hear on this stage might not be a thing that you are used to hearing. It might not be a thing that you are used to hearing from the mouths of your youths. And that being said, just a reminder throughout the evening, be as supportive as you can, you know? Be as loving as you can. We are here to cheer and rally on every poet that comes onto this stage. So don't be shy about that. Some of y'all in this room mightn't be familiar with what a poetry slam is. And some of you might've been like, oh, there's something happening. I wanna go do something because every day is the same now. Welcome to Verslandia 2022. For those of you unfamiliar with a poetry slam, for those of you who might need a refresher course as to what it is. The Poetry Slam is a form of competition invented in 1985 by a construction worker in Chicago named Mark Smith. And, and Mark Smith recognized that poetry is a thing that is for people. It is of people. And people need to have a connection and relationship to poetry. So he did the natural thing was to invent a bar game with poems that invited people to share work of their own and invited other people to judge that work. Because as time has revealed to us, there is nothing that gets people more excited than competition. But really, it's just a trick. It's just a trick to fill giant concert halls with people to hear poems. So that's what we're gonna do. The poets that will grace this stage tonight have all been tasked to share a poem of their own making, of their own writing, of their own creating. They have three minutes with a 10 second grace period to do such without props, without costumes, without music. And at the end of their poem, we have these five wonderful judges to my left who've been tasked with putting a numerical element to that art that they hear. They will be asked to give a score between zero and 10. The five scores that we get from the judges, the high and the low will be dropped. The middle three will be averaged together and that will be tabulated off stage and will remain a mystery to all of you. Regardless of what that score may be, we applaud, we cheer, we rally, we love for every poet that comes onto the stage. Y'all on board for that? All right. Fantastic. All right. So in order to get y'all kind of poetized and to get the judges familiar with these things called numbers, we have to have a poet grace the stage with a poem that is not part of the competition, 
but will be judged as if they were and will be loved as if they were so that the judges are able to understand what their scores will fall next to over the course of the night and to get you guys, like I said, a little like uh, loosened up and ready to cheer folks on and get pumped and excited. All right, are you guys ready to do this now? All right. So it is my great pleasure and honor to welcome the first poem to the stage. Please give a Schnitzer House big time welcome to God Gift Jackson. Dear Akabulan, everything is gone in a flash of an eye. Do not mourn for me and do not weep for me, for I am forever in your grin. Even though I am far away from home, I am still here. They say all wonderful things must end, including Akabulan, ancient riches, and ancient cultures. I still weep for your voice, but you are not there. Do not weep for me, for, for the misery eats away at me. They say slavery is no longer, yet why am I being picked out in the crowd? Is it because of my skin, my clothing, or the way that I walk, talk, or dress that bothers? My heart is racing and pounding furiously. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. They say I matter, but do I really? Hopelessness burns. I am nothing but a dream. Africa is what they call you now, or were you the Garden of Eden? Without you, will I strike in or flourish? My voice cries out, eh, Nuswa, why did you take this away from me? the one thing that, held, that I held dear in my heart, the one thing that gave me life and spoke to me. Eh, Nuswa, let me regret the moments that I lost, weighed in the water. And now I am here in a dark land. Is death better than bondage or is bondage better than death? Africa, why? Why did you turn your back on us? Why did you not fight for us? There are more of us everywhere, but we do not know who we are. If you hadn't taken us away, we would be great. How did we get here? We would know our customs and languages. Did your anger de descend upon us? You once promised me forever an eternity of peace and love, but I am silenced and tormented. There is only animosity gone with the wind. Africa, why did you not fight for us? My sisters inherited your anger and are known as the angry black woman. My brothers also inherited your, your anger and are known as the violent black man. But I think you are the angry one, Akobulan. Freedom, justice, and victory for all. But is that true? Thank you. God Gift Jackson, judges, wants you to figure out exactly what it is you want to give to that poem. This is probably the most time that I will give you over the course of the night. Um, uh, don't be afraid to use those decimal points. Judges, scores up. Hold them high. We have for God Gift Jackson a 5.2, a 7.0, a 7.4, a 7.5 and an 8. Applaud the poet. Thank you, God Gift. And without now further ado, let's kick off Verselandia 2022. Please welcome Danica Leong. Miss Mary Oliver, I gotta know, your poem, Wild Geese, when you wrote it, did you know that I'd forever quote it, keep it like a quota, hold it, and never let go of it? Because that opening line, you do not have to be good. I'll confess uh, that I've stressed and obsessed incessantly what the meaning of this line could profess. 
You see, Miss Oliver, I have strived all my life to be good. My name is synonymous with front row dweller, go-to English word speller, P-E-R-F-E-C-T, because that is what people tell her to be. I have spent summers in classrooms, winter breaks in book rooms, Sundays and Saturdays until my grades look like triple A batteries, all until I am undeniably, unequivocally understood as good. Here's the thing though, Miss Oliver. Did you know that what lies at the precipice of success is not a gold throne, but a tight rope, a slight slope that hangs over the pause between how are you and the response? And even if the words, I'm good, roll more naturally off the tongue than a breath, there is still yet a moment to consider. Miss Oliver, Last weekend, I had a panic attack in the back of a coffee shop. Acrid espresso and brown sugar, the backdrop for heaving, unsteady breaths. My hands clenched across my chest. One shaky gasped in, choke, whimper out all that I have left. Miss Oliver, if you were to ask me how I, I am, I, I could not honestly tell you I'm any sense of the word good. But maybe that's okay. Maybe that's what you meant to say when you said you do not have to be good. You meant you do not have to be okay. You are allowed to be broken, to pry yourself open, leave niceties unspoken, fail transparently, not simply have to grin and bear it. See, Miss Oliver, I am still trying to figure out what good means. Seriously, thesaurus.com is free. But while Google may come up short, I am finding bits and pieces of your answer in pale cherry blossoms, April snow, and early sun. Miss Oliver, I'm still figuring it out, but your answer, it calls to me, I swear, like wild geese flying high in the clean blue air. Danica Lee Young. <laughs> Judges. Let's have those scores in the air in three, two, one. Up high, we have a 7.2, an 8.2, an 8.3, an 8.5, and an 8.8 .8 for Danica. Applaud the poet. My name is Danica Leung. I go to Lincoln High School. I'm in the class of 22 and I'm a senior. Slam poetry is about creative expression and being able to really connect with the audience. And so being able to be someone a little bit more authentic via performing slam poetry is something I really appreciate about the art form. Coming out of the pandemic, I would say that performing on stage is just a very different mindset. Slam poetry tells you basically to be loud, to take up space, to talk to as many people as possible and really communicate in a very expressive way that I feel like the pandemic really just wasn't able to capture. I mean, there's only so much like a four by six Zoom screen can really do for you. And keep that applause going. Welcome to the stage, Kendall Brown Clay. These are our stories. 
Growing up, my mother used to tell me stories, some about her life, some bedtime ones, and some about me, the things I did growing up, my oddities and such. And as I got older, I realized the stories I thought of as my own are ours, each story like a stroke of a paintbrush coming together to make life a piece of art. You see, me and my mom, we look alike. We both have got honey skin, curly hair, and golden eyes. And as I got older, I realized there's a lot of stories of us women who look like us, the black women who came before us and the black woman who suffered for us. I had to find these stories because they got lost. No better yet hidden. These are those stories. Sally Hemings, born into slavery, owned by Thomas Jefferson. She was 14 when he started impregnating her. Together, they had four children. This is a story of our stolen time and bodies. Millie and Christine McKay, born into slavery, they were considered genealogical wonders. Although they had different limbs, they were joined at the hip. During their life, they were kidnapped, stolen, and made to endure grotesque medical procedures. This is the story of our stolen freedom. Breonna Taylor, shot and killed by the police in 2020 while she was sleeping. They had the wrong apartment. This is the story of always the wrong time and always the wrong place. The stories of the black women who are medically sterilized, the stories of the black women who were taken from her land, brought on ships, and the ones who chose to jump. The stories of the black women who are missing, that no one loses sleep over, can't breathe over, can't eat over, but us. The stories of my mother's stories, my grandmother's stories, my sister's stories. These stories dip, rolled, and covered in pains. The stories that make me that make you, that make us the stories of us. So why are we the only people telling our story? Kendall Brown Clay, judges. Let's see those scores. Three, two, one, hold them up. We have a 7.0. An 8.8, an 8.9, a 9.4, and a 9.5 for Kendall Brown Clay. Applaud the poet. Please welcome up to the stage, Nicole Jackson. Trot. Like a bird in a cage hidden from society. I am happy to announce that today is my last day. I will not let your opinions control my mind anymore. I am happy to announce that today is my last day. I am not a prisoner and my feelings shall be left free. Father, I am me and you will see eventually all the pain you have conflicted. I'll be let out like the time we got evicted, left out cold. Freezing like all of your hearts, judging me for who I am. Now I don't give a damn. I will soon wash out my feelings like mother washes out the blood from her mouth. Salt tears drip down my face, white crust on the side of my lip, getting ready for school. Ready for the judgmental stares, wondering if it's my hair or if it's just me. I walk out to Vanessa and scream, 
you. Today is the day I will be free. This cage is getting rusty and my heart is getting tired. Time to make people disappointed like when MJ retired. I will amaze you with my magic trick. I walk out to Kristen and scream, you I am letting bombshells go. My mouth is a grenade. I will make you sleep with my beautiful serenade. Sleep like the nights I was tired of crying. Then you will wake and soon realize everything you did was a mistake. But then it will be too late. Maya Angelou, I will rise from the dead, but I'm not Jesus if he even exists. I will be free like Cosby will never be. I will not throw my life away anymore as my body curls up to the wooden floor, coughing at the dust that enters my nose. I run, you chase. I just want to keep you safe. I jump, you stop. Lex, you tired to follow my every move? Or maybe I'm just too tired of being controlled by you. I get away jumping up and down, never been this happy in my life, singing that dumb Pharrell song. Because I'm happy, clap alone, if you feel like a room without a roof. Grass tingles in between my toes. Maybe this is a promised land. This is what it feels like to be free. Nicole Jackson, judges, what do we have for this poem? Let's see, three, two, one, hold them up. We have an 8.4, an 8.6, a nine, a nine, and a 9.5 for Nicole Jackson. Applaud the poet. And keep that applause going. Welcome to the stage, Piper Harmon. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. The Pythagorean theorem tells me the length of a right triangle's unknown side. A proton is made up of two up quarks and one down quark. World War I lasted from 1914 to 1918, and a semicolon separates two independent clauses. I have a history test first period that I haven't studied for. My physics presentation is during second. I forgot to pack a lunch, so I guess I won't eat today. Someone said we'll have a lockdown sometime during third, and I have to skip fourth to write an essay. I can't remember if they said it was a lockout or a lockdown. Either way, I hope it's over quickly. The loudspeaker crackles. Lockdown, locks, lights, out of sight. In sixth grade, a naked man with an ax ran through our field. Everything's fine, they said. Settle down, solve for X. Locks, lights, out of sight. In eighth grade, a girl wrote a hit list, signed and dated. The halls were empty, but I had an algebra test I just couldn't miss. They bribed us with donuts to come to school. Locks, lights, out of sight. Once in 10th grade, they didn't tell us it was a drill. My choir left huddled together in the corner of the room. There were no windows and the back door was jammed. They came around and rattled the doorknob as usual. After 10 minutes, we went back to rehearsing. Locks, lights, out of sight. Every day, eight children die from gun violence in America. Another 32 are shot and wounded. The drill is over. You may resume your test. Locks, lights, out of sight. Hiding against a wall, I wonder if I would be the hero. Where's the closest window? Should I text my mom? Locks, it's just a drill. It won't happen to you. Keep it inside, shove it down. Lights, resume your day without leaving room to breathe. No discussion, no normalcy. It's no wonder we self-medicate. Out of sight. Thank you. 
Piper Harmon. Judges. Let's see those scores in three, two, one. What do we have? We have, you're killing me, Jolly. An 8.9, an 8.9, a 9.0, a 9.2, and a 9.5 for the poet. My name is Piper Harmon. I'm from Cleveland High School, and I'm a senior. Today will actually be my first time performing in front of at least this big of an audience. I've been writing poetry since I was, I mean, elementary school. I've been always into words and music. I've written songs since I was little. And there's just something about writing your words down that like allows me to express myself in a way that I can't really do otherwise. Like it's hard for me to think on the spot, but when I just find the perfect word, it just, everything clicks. You gotta start somewhere. My advice would be start with something that's personal that you care a lot about because that's the way that you're gonna be able to express, you know, in your poetry to make your audience feel that same way. I'm just so happy that we can actually do this again and to, to feel each other's energies and actually share our art with each other. Um, I'm super excited. <laughs> and please welcome up to the stage the next poet in the first round, Calliope Ruskin. Dear Calliope, you are named after the Greek muse of epic poetry and eloquence, so night after night when your heart gets bruised, you sit down and write your pencil scratching the paper by moonlight. Dear Calliope, this isn't a surprise, you are right when you are three, this isn't your body, but you make it come alive. Dear Calliope, congratulations, you're non-binary, you love yourself. You also know that, you, that it's impossible to survive. Like Atlas holding the world, you know you cannot thrive with the weight of this hate on your shoulders. Dear Calliope, you're gonna get kicked out of health class once, twice, and you better get your credit so there's not a third time. You wish it was you that was the problem, anything other than your own teacher's ignorance. And you try not to pray to Nemesis, the goddess of revenge. Dear Calliope, it took months of fighting so you could use a locker room for P.E. instead of a mirrorless stall always smelling of piss. Piss doesn't really rhyme with P.E. You learn that no schools will follow their own policy because who gives a f about the trans kid who wants to get an A in gym? So you'll have to be stubborn, write countless emails while crying, and then get applauded for your bravery when it was actually out of necessity. Dear Calliope, People will ask you what your genitals are lifting up Pandora's skirt. Not caring about the consequences because people don't see me as you as a person, they just see you as a penis or a vagina. Were you a boy or a girl? Can't you see how this is offensive? Dear Calliope, day after day when people misgender you with a she, you'll have to make a decision. Fear for your safety and say you're a he or stay silent about your pronouns and avoid persecution. You live with that indecision in between safety and just being you. So dear Calliope, in this world of hate you'll find love and I'm begging you Calliope, please don't give up. Like Dionysus, express your gender. So dear Calliope, you can do this. Embrace yourself and finally be free. Thank you. Calliope Ruskin. Judges, let's have the scores for that poem. 
Hold them high in three, two, one. Up, we have a 6.9. Let them know. 7.3, an 8.1, an 8.2, and an 8.8. .8. Applaud the poet. Keep that applause going and welcome up to the stage, Sarah Lang. My generation has the ability to access the entire world's consciousness in the palm of our hands. Thanks, Google. Thanks to Google, I passed my math test. Thanks to Google, I now know how to kiss a girl. And thanks to Google, I know that everybody feels that way. You can make so many wonderful connections. Find long-lost family members and the perfect cafe to have your long-awaited reunion. Thanks to Google, I have every question answered. Like, why is it that sometimes I get so in my head and I can't think and I'm just get so angry and I don't want to talk to you, but you better talk to me, but... Oh, it's because I'm a Virgo. I thought it was the trauma. Thanks, Google. I have kind of a weird search history. It goes something like this. Math question, math question, what's a cankle? Math question, math question, color wheel. Math question, math question, what's beef wellington? What happens if I can't pay my taxes? Do I have to go to the dentist? Does it, is it normal to feel like you'd rather sink into the pits of the earth than ever go to school again? Oh, it is? <laughs> Great, thanks, Google. I go to Google for just about everything, am I right? Yeah, I mean, even if I know the answer, I might as well check, right? So, when I pulled up my phone and in the palm of my hand, I see from Snapchat that my best friend, who was more like a brother to me, had killed himself. I did the one thing I knew how when I had questions unanswered. I went to Google. One more smile, one more memory, one more story, one more video, just something to keep his light alive, please. Thanks to Google, I now know what my best friend's death certificate looks like. Thanks to Google, I now know how, when, where, who, what, and even pictures from the scene. I was stumped. I mean, for the first time, Google had left me with more questions than answers. Thanks to Google, I now know what submental gunshot means. Thanks to Google, I now forever have the phrase, victim found slumped over, parent gunshot wound, probably dead burned into my brain. But no matter how hard I search or what questions I ask, I will never find out the why. Why? Why did you do this? Why that sunny day in June? What was it? Why that park? Did it mean something? Why were you alone? Why were you hurting? Why wasn't someone with you? Why wasn't I talking to you at the time? I mean, I know that we had that little thing, but why weren't we talking? Why didn't you reach out to me? Why wasn't there a funeral? Why aren't more people talking about it? Why are there no grievances? Why isn't anybody upset about this? Why isn't anyone crying about your beautiful light being gone? Why does it seem like only my world went dark? Please? Thanks, Google. Sarah Lang, everyone. Judges, let's see those scores. Hold them up. Three, two, one. We have a 8.4, an 8.5, an 8.6, an 8.9, and a 9.0 for Sarah Lang. Please applaud the poet. And please welcome to the stage, Cleo Zetos.
I take a breath and breathe. My lungs are choked with poison gas that flows out of factories. This is 2050. Do you remember trees, green trees with real leaves? Do you remember grass and bears and pelicans? That's all gone, you were selfish. Plastic was thrown instead of plants grown. You walked over my dreams and left me with poison streams. This is 2050. I'll be dead before it happens is something you said a lot, but I won't be. You shrugged. Did you think before you tossed that bag out the window? No. Did you think before you picked up that bottle, opened the cap, and drank microplastics flooding through your veins? No. Did you think before you lay down to sleep that someone, somewhere, is drowning in the fruits of your greed? No. All you do is throw the blame. It's your fault, your fault, your fault, all the same, never stopping to realize that all of that is inner pain, and you are the one to blame. You plant in your greenhouse, but forget that we are being killed by greenhouse gases. You eat meat, but forget that the meat you eat is stealing water from the ground beneath your feet. Now let me propose a scenario. Let's just say you live in an apartment building. People come on in with their bulldozers. They lay waste to your home, concrete falling to the ground like silent soldiers. People would lash out, protests would ensue, and you would be pretty mad, too. Now let's say that those same people took their bulldozers to the Amazon. No, not the company from A to Z. The forest canopy that holds creatures from agouti to zodiac moth. Let's say that they knocked over trees, that they lay waste to a world. If a tree falls and no one is around, does it make a sound? Would you even hear that someone else's home is nothing but a river of tears? Seven billion trees cut down every year. 99% of Earth's creatures already extinct. 239,000 blue whales were once alive and well. Then we came along. 10,000 blue whales remain. You're seeing these numbers, you're probably thinking, wow, humans are pretty insane, but I'm here to tell you that that is not even the tip of the 600 icebergs still afloat because we decide that we have more right to this planet than the creatures that have been on it since the beginning of time. But do you even care? Maybe you would if I told you that your children won't have a future if we continue to be so selfish, so stop buying shellfish and stop being hellish, stop giving the earth a blemish and start to embellish the beauty our world has provided, start being overzealous rather than jealous. Because this is not 2050, this is 2022, and if we make a change to be green, maybe we can reverse the irreversible because this is our 2050, where extinction is nothing but a bad dream. Thank you. Cleo Zetos, judges, what do you have for the poem? Let's see those scores in three, two, one. We have an 8.0, oh, a 7.9. An 8.3, an 8.9, a 9.0, and a 9.1. Applaud the poet. My name is Cleo Detto. I go to Benson Polytechnic High School, and I'm a junior, 11th grade. 
I think what drew me to slam poetry is the vulnerability that it takes to stand up on that stage and share things like that. Because as you heard from listening, a lot of these poets were sharing incredibly vulnerable things. And I think being in a space with that sort of charged energy is really, really, really powerful. And I think that power is what initially drew me in. I think if I had to give somebody advice, I would say just sit down with a pencil and go. That's how I write my poetry, is I just sort of go and it all happens at once. And if that's not your process, then you now know that and you can grow from that. But I think sit down and write about what you're thinking about, because even if you never share it, if it's your deepest, darkest secret, you've got it out there, you've got it on paper and you have something that you can sit with and think about. So I think just, just getting going and getting that flow out is what's really important about starting. Welcome up to the stage audience, Pamela McEwen. Blood trauma. I have seen so many crimes, from the throwing of pennies and dimes to violence that comes so innately. I have been feeling quite estranged lately. There is a heavy weight upon my chest. This is a pressure people refuse to address. I thought being a second generation American Jew would get me far away from this trauma, but I guess this is my karma. It is gushing in my blood, rivers imprinted in my veins, flowing waterfalls of hate into my brain. This is why I am ashamed. There is a stain of embarrassment that this blood can't wash off. Yes, I can fit my identity in a suitcase for those who want me to move to another place. And you all think this is okay. Hell being portrayed in black and gray. This is a story people refuse to have told. This is live action forced for my people to hold. Hidden beneath the floorboards. What was the reward? My grandmother has memories of being riddled with lice. What was the price to surviving a trauma that made men faint and puke? Yet this is a story still so many rebuke. I can't embrace my culture without danger. The fears of the powers of a stranger. Stares a judgment at my Jewish locks like a witch being stoned with rocks. Shaven hair woven into a blanket that you can wear. Don't forget that I understand that you like to mock the Jewish man. There is a heavy weight upon my chest. This is a pressure people refuse to address. The weaving of wards as if they are cords hanging up from a tree like this is my plea. I can see it so vividly. This is more than a religion, an ethnicity, a culture, an ancient tribe. Shoes from lively skeletons. I could walk miles in these shoes and still never understand the trauma in my blood. Pamela McEwen, judges, let's get those scores up in the air, three, two, one, hold them up, we have a 6.9, a 7.5, an 8.6, an 8.8, .8, and a 9.4, applaud the poet, 
And keep that energy going. Let's welcome to the stage Shayla Santa Cruz Crickbaum. Every night before I lay my head to rest, I observe my face in all its raw glory. From my shiny forehead to the dull hairs on my chin, every feature is picked at for flaws to discard. But whether it's larger pores on my cheeks or darker hairs above my lip, a ballad rather than slander is what my raw face deserves. Starting at said shiny forehead, I lift up my curly bangs to reveal an alpine landscape with dewy pink splotches. This mountain is here to... This mountain is here to expose my gigantic brain and the splotches are just for your artistic touch. So-called beauty experts would bring concern to why at only 18 my hairline is so high up, but trust me, it isn't receding. It's the knowledge, rhymes, and lessons being stored in this headspace. A couple of miles down are the brows that perk and scrunch when something gets on my nerves. Some would say they are overgrown, I would say they're just biodiverse. These stray hairs and faint unibrow bring character to my garden and leave grooves in such shock they need to be carried off in a hearse. Two steps down are the eyes that expose my vulnerability where rivers flow at every three to five business days. Experts say crying too much makes your eyes too puffy, but who's watching me shed tears thinking this bitch is ugly? <laughs> These eyes are elders. Left eye needed a crutch to work out, but with right eye support, both see the bold experts spew about. Down the road is the nose, busy with blackheads and jewelry. Septum, septum rings so big to the beauty world, it makes me a liability. Yes, I can breathe correctly, and the point is to look like a bull. My vision of beauty will never be clutter-free and dull. The neighbors to the nose are the cheeks, the cheeks that are supposed to be shrunk down fat-free. But if my cheeks were fat-free, there would be no space for kisses to be smothered by my missus and my mother. Where we set ship is at the lips and chin, where complaints are deeply set in. Beauty doesn't want my chin to have extra blubber or my lips to boldly blabber. But beauty isn't silent or exclusively thin. True beauty is what you craft from the within. True beauty is what you project outside. True beauty is free from judgmental minds. I love my flaws because they were crafted for me and I won't let beauty experts craft me the blurs their insecurities. I strive to have fat, a loud mouth, and odd makeup taste and I am honored to make it awkward with my ugly ass face. So. Well, I craft up this face and place it on a silver platter. When you pick up your fork, take a bite and savor. While you chew and swallow what I whipped up in the kitchen, tell me, beauty experts, how the f does my raw face taste? Shayla Santa Cruz Crick Bomb. Judges, let's see those scores. Three, two, one, hold them up. We have a 9.1, a 9.5, a 9.6, a 9.7, and a 9.8. Applaud the poet. Give up that applause and keep that applause going for the last poet in the last round of Verslandia 2020. Welcome to the stage, Eileen Dibert. Allow me to introduce myself. The girl I see in the mirror with ambition curling around her face, the smoky bits, the tired eyes, the failing machinery. 
with never a moment to proceed, always ambling, sleep-deprived, dehydrated, watching life fly by like I am orbiting something. Like the coin collectors at museums where you can watch your quarters spiral down into a different dimension for a good cause. Fighter jets arranged like snow geese, heaving and breathing like every person I have ever met on tracks to somewhere. And I'm watching the trains leave, and the train goes by. Here I am, standing on the side of the road, waiting for the tow truck. Shivering with the stars and the cows, my mind a murmuration of migrating ducks, a thousand moments fracture at the coyote's yap, the gap between where I am and where I am supposed to be, the overachiever graduates early. Goes to college, works for nothing in order to work for something, the overachiever sees a broken path ahead of her like fireflies. The overachiever rearranges, reorders, reorganizes, retreats. The overachiever flags and falls pushes until tendonitis inflicts every last tendon. No one thought they could push her too far, least of all her. But I won't crumble, for here is my need to bolster my attempts at light speed. I promise I can continue to run like I'm a perpetual motion machine. Watch the gap slim, the canyon narrow, until there is no longer any competition. I call the trains back with my duck call, whisper into the wind my wildest notion, a secret for the brick building behind me, that I am jealous of everyone who stretches farther than I can. All of it results in an exhaustion. Please account for the hawking radiation, the reduction in my size, slowly, like a drowning fish, slowly, until I rise. And the water parts and the trees reach down to pet my head, call me daughter. Call me friend, allow me to introduce myself. The girl, lying in bed, listening to the rain, that missed the train, that caught the next one, that is going somewhere. The woman made in the windstorm. Eileen Dibert, judges. For the last time, uh, let's see those scores. Hold them up in three, two, one. We have an 8.0, an 8.3, an 8.6, an 8.7, and a 9.2 for Eileen Dibert. A round of applause for the poem. And a round of applause for all the poets in the second round. As well as a round of applause for our judges who have been working so tirelessly for the last two hours. Our math wizards are going to be tabulating these scores together, and we will hear shortly who the top five winners of this year's Verslandia is. Um, while they're doing that, I was going to share a poem. Is that cool? All right. When you're in your coffin, clanging down the river with all the other coffins, in the water of whatever the next world might be. Everything bumping and jostling against one another like the contents thrown about inside of a small plane. You'll peek your head up to see what the racket is. You'll peek your head up and you'll see coffins, 
and the river and two banks distantly flanking that river and the biggest, tallest dark stretching above. So dark, it feels like as big as it is, it must be inside some sort of bigger place. There are still stars, though. Wherever this river is, however dark it may be, you can still see the stars. And as you're peeking your head up, you'll see other heads peeking their heads up under the darkness. So you yell across the dark, you know where we are! And someone else will say back, no! What about you? No! You say back. You ask somebody else, what about you? No! I don't know where this is! And someone else will say, I don't know either, but it's big. And someone else may say, yeah, so big it's vast. And then, depending on what part of the river you're on, someone else may then say, yeah, vast like my backside. And no one on the river might know the vastness or non-vastness of this particular voice's backside, but they will still laugh. The chuckles will subside and a quiet will set in. A quiet like you sat down in somebody else's church. And somebody else will then say to somebody else, where are you from? And they will say, Texas, what about you? Portland. Portland? Yeah, Portland. I know someone from Portland. Kate Lee. You know her? No. What about Stephen Ellis? Well, I'm actually from Hillsboro. Hillsboro? Yeah, Hillsboro. And someone else within y'all, I know someone from Hillsboro. Yeah, who? Nikki Katzkart. You know him? I do. I do know him. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. Small world. It is. Nikki's a great guy. He is. I hadn't seen him in five, ten years. And when I did, he had a first edition of an E.E. E. Cummings book to give me. Great guy. And the first person may or may not know who E.E. E. Cummings is, but will still agree that, yes, Nikki is a great guy. And then it will get quiet again. And someone will say, where is it that we are? And no one can answer. A few of us will shrug. All of us will look at the stars collecting in the distance overhead. We'll all try to think of someone we might know who lives in Hillsboro or Texas or Florida or France. Just to have something to talk about with a person we never met before just right now. Just to share something in this dark quiet. Even though all of us are already sharing the river and the sound of the current bumping all of us against one another. And we'll wonder where the river is taking us and how long it will be before it brings us there and what there will be like, if it'll be like how it was here, with all of us sitting in our boxes, hoping to split this dark by sharing our voice with others, if it'll be like how it was in the world before this one, May it be such. May it be such. Thank you. Y'all ready for this? All right. Before I announce these uh, five folks, um, a round of applause for every poet that graced this stage tonight. As well as a round of applause for you, audience, it takes a lot to sit 
and welcome into your hearts a lot of emotion. So a round of applause to everybody in this building. In fifth place, please welcome up to the stage, Piper Harmon. In fourth place, Sarah Lang. In third place, Shayla Santa Cruz Crickbaum. In second place, Kendall Brown Clay. And your first place winner for 2022 Verslandia, put it up for Nicole Jackson. Your top five winners of Verslandia 2022. Thank y'all so much for coming out tonight, Portland. Y'all be safe getting back home. Have a wonderful night. This has been a special episode featuring Verslandia 2022, the All-City Youth Poetry Slam Competition. The 2023 Verslandia competition is back and in person in the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall on Thursday, April 27th at 7 p.m. For more information, visit literary-arts.org. This has been Literary Arts, the Archive Project. It's a retrospective of some of the most engaging talks from the world's best writers from more than 35 years of literary arts in Portland. The Archive Project is produced in collaboration with Oregon Public Broadcasting. To hear more, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Our show is produced by Crystal Ligori and Donald Orr for Radio and Podcast, with production oversight by Amanda Bullock and support from Liz Olofsson and Alberto Swem. Special thanks to the Literary Arts Marketing staff, Joe T. Roy and Hope Levy, and the entire Literary Arts staff, board, and community. This show would not be possible without them. Thanks also to the band Emancipator for our theme music, and thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Andrew Proctor, and this has been another episode of the Archive Project from Literary Arts. Join us next time and find your story here.